Welcome to the Coming to New York City podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by the founder of Coming to New York, Katie Smith. Katie, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Thank you. So we are talking about our move to New York and our move to our first apartment in New York, and that was a brownstone in Park Slope in Brooklyn. And so many people dream of living in a brownstone. We've seen it from when we were kids of people you know, on, on TV shows sitting on stoops, and, and they look beautiful yeah. on the outside. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about both the good and the bad uh, of living in a brownstone. And so it was definitely awesome, but it definitely came with some issues as well. So we're going to be real and honest about what it was like to live in a brownstone. So for you, Katie, what, uh, what made you want to live in a brownstone to begin with? Well, we had looked all over New York City in different neighborhoods. We looked in Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn, and um, it was our first time moving to New York City. So we were we had two small children, so we were trying to be very careful and particular about where we moved, um, and we were looking everywhere. And as soon as we came out of the subway in Park Slope, it was like angels were singing, and there were kids riding scooters everywhere, and the park was beautiful. Um, it was quiet, so it was a good... Um, kind of buffer between Texas and New York City because we knew we wanted to live in the city, but we weren't sure it was going to be too crazy being there every single day. And so it was nice and quaint and quiet, and these brownstones just lined the streets. And like you said, it was like in the movies. um, All the great movies that you see have these brownstone-lined streets with these huge trees, and that's what it was in Park Slope. And we both just fell in love with it instantly. And there are other apartments um, in Park Slope, but it was just the brownstones were so iconic that it just seemed like the best place to start our New York City adventure. Yeah, I, and I remember too. We 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 did not have our hearts set on a brownstone. We no. were like, it would be cool if, you know, we we liked the idea of a brownstone. But we and, didn't think our budget could support yeah. it. And so our and our budget to to be transparent on the podcast was three thousand dollars a month is what we had budgeted for an apartment. And I remember looking at apartments at the beginning, and thinking. I don't know that our budget is going. We're going to be able to find what we're looking for, and yeah. so with and kids 3, 000, being a big deal, three thousand was the top of our budget. Like you were, yeah. you were being generous by saying three thousand. Like you were yes. nervous about. I wanted twenty five hundred. Quickly, it became apparent that that was not going to be the case, and right. uh, we were going to have to settle on something for three thousand dollars. And then we saw, we saw this apartment. Yeah, and, yeah. And just to be clear, if we didn't have kids or weren't worried about, you know, schools and things like that and parks. We could have gotten something for 2500 if it was just the two of us um, yeah. and still had a nice place. But with the kids and stuff, we had to up our budget a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. looking back, we could have found something for $2,500. But yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had certain things with schools, especially, that, that we were prioritizing um, with that budget, and we knew we wanted to be close to a subway line as well. So yeah, yeah. we we found this apartment, and it, so it was on Tenth uh, Street in Pro- Prospect Park, right on Prospect Park West, Tenth Street, which meant literally the Prospect Park, which is a beautiful, uh, beautiful park uh, there in Brooklyn, uh, with a playground was across the street from us, um, and. In, in New York City fashion right now, we've got sirens in the background, and so this is appropriate yeah, we're now on the podcast, now. <laughs> and so we're, we're not post-editing this. We're, we're letting it be as raw for New York City uh, as it can be, so we apologize for the sirens, but we do feel like that is a part of New York City. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Um, 
so so we we picked the brownstone mostly because of location. So we're right there by the park, and then on the other end of our, our block uh, was the F train, the F and the G train. Um, and so that it was, it was just an ideal location Mm -hmm. and there were three blocks, uh, from the local elementary school. So it was just a sweet location. And I don't even think we appreciated having the subway so close. And so we actually got there and settled in and then realized that if we had lived even just a few blocks away, that travel to the subway every time would have been, would have been really hard because at the time we had a stroller and smaller kids and all that. So um, so the, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the brownstone itself. Okay. Uh, so the brownstone brownstones in general were made to be single family homes. Uh, now in our brownstone, there were three families that lived in the brownstone itself, and we we got the 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 top floor, which is a fourth floor walk up. Not ideal for kids, uh, but in some ways it was ideal for kids. So so let's talk about. The, a building it was probably 120 years old. Yeah. Uh, the the apartment itself. There were there were two other families. So on the first first floor and second floor took up was one family, and it was uh, so, so really identical family. So there was a husband and wife, and they had two kids, uh, two young kids, uh, similar to our kids' age. And then they also had a an au pair that mm-hmm. lived with them uh, that helped take care of their kids. The second floor was another family. Uh, it was a husband and wife, two bedroom apartment. And they had two boys, two young boys about the same age. And then we were on the top floor uh, with, with two girls. Yeah. And uh, we were in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment. But when I say two-bedroom, uh, this is not what we were used to in Texas with a two-bedroom. This is probably about 600 square feet yeah. two-bedroom where uh, we, we would say that our living room was our slash room. So it was our living room slash laundry room because we had a washer dryer in there, mm-hmm. slash kitchen, slash dining room. Uh, and I guess everything was right there in that living room. And then we had two small bedrooms. (laughs) Yeah, our couch folded out so that guests, if we had family members that came to stay, they could stay with us. Um, It almost looked like a small little studio apartment because our kitchen was along the back wall, really small. I mean, probably just a couple feet of counter space, and we had one drawer in the entire apartment. That was our favorite thing to show everybody was our one drawer, and it was so small, and it was in the kitchen. The only drawer in the kitchen or the bathroom or anywhere in the apartment, and I had to hunt to find a a utensil tray that was small enough to fit in that drawer, and that was the only drawer in the whole place. Yeah, and I remember looking at it, and and it it was laid out well, incredibly well for... 600 square feet yeah uh but 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 in my mind it was so much bigger when it was empty than when we actually got there and started like undoing the furniture um and then when we settled in it ended up being this ideal size so we loved the simplicity of it uh but it was it was so tiny yeah Um, we had to get creative as to how we were going to use the space. Um, like we said, we had a fold-out couch yep. that we could use in case guests came. Um, the girls had bunk beds. We had a bed that was kind of lofted up that had drawers underneath. Yep. That way we would, we didn't have room for a big dresser or anything in our room, so we used we had a small dresser, and then we utilized those drawers underneath the bed a yep. whole lot. Um, yep. We put up some shelves. There's kind of kind of a little hallway-ish, walking yeah. go, going back to the bedrooms that we put... Um, one of those Ikea shelves on it that has the square uh, cutouts in it, and we put baskets in there. That way we could kind of make our own drawers. Um, what else did we do? Oh, on the backs of the doors, we had these things that attached to the back of the doors that um, we would use as shelves. Yep. Um, like, um, 
yeah, like utility closets kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had to get really creative with how we use the space. Yeah, and there, I mean, there there was no extra space, and no. we had a little bit of space right outside of our door because you basically had to walk in. You walk up the stoop um, in, in to the front door, and there was kind of two front doors. You go through one door, and then there's another set of doors. Um, and, and then you get to the stairwell and then, and then you walk up and then each apartment doors right there within the stairwell. So it was, uh, you know, so we had a little bit of space outside our stairwell because we had the top floor. Um, one of the, the coolest aspects to me of the brownstone was a space that we didn't discover that we had until about a year after we lived there. Um, we, I guess we kind of knew it was there, but we just didn't think we could access it. So there was a we had access to the roof uh, being on the top floor, and there was this wobbly ladder, old, old wobbly yes. metal ladder. No, I think it was what? Oh yeah, it, it was, was ladder, but but it was yeah. it was connected to wood that was, was clearly rotted, <laughs> and yeah. so it was loose and and wobbly, and then it had this opening where you could tell there were rats and mice and all kinds of creatures. And we'll talk and bugs. about that in a little bit. We'll talk about that, and then but then it had this like basically you know like a garage or what attic door covering um but it but i you know i tried for a little while to to uh open it and it just it was very heavy where it just felt sealed and so that oh i guess i can't access the roof so at one point they must have been able to access it and then my brother-in-law a year in was like i'm i'm gonna break the seal i'm gonna get up there and it, there wasn't a seal it was really it was heavy, heavy and I, I didn't push hard enough and um i was a little freaked out to be honest of the the ladder and the whole deal, but, uh, we, we were able to pop the, you know, the hole open and, uh, and get on top of our roof. And we had an unbelievable view of Manhattan and the Statue of Liberty from our roof. So we ended up having kind of like this little roof deck that we didn't even know we had until a year in. Yeah. And the roofs on, on brownstones are flat. So you can go up there. You don't have to worry about sliding down or anything, but you, we went up there and other neighbors had, uh, little tables up there, small gardens, um, because you have this amazing view on this flat roof. And yeah. it makes for a really nice sitting area and yeah. a great place to watch fireworks. So we can watch yeah. um, New Year's Eve fireworks, Fourth of July fireworks up there um, from a distance, of course, but it was a really cool place to go. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some of the good and the bad of living in the brownstone. So let's maybe talk with the negative side for you, Katie, of... What was the worst part of living in the brownstone? The worst part, I don't. I think there's two. Okay, I'll I'll go with two. So, um, the mice was the number one. Okay. So we were right there next to Prospect Park, where there's rats and yes. mice and all that kind of stuff. Creatures, so creatures, right? We were right across the street from there, and then this brownstone is over 100 years old. So there are. I don't even know what the basement looks like, but I'm sure that's where they all hung out yeah. at night. And then they could get up in the walls, and they could come out in between the walls, and like they would come out from underneath the um, dishwasher in the si- in yeah. the kitchen. And I would be sitting there at night, and you would just hear that little like on the floor, and you're yeah. like, and I would just <laughs> I would just yell at them, and say, "I'm still up, don't come out yet, <laughs> leave me yeah. alone." Yeah. And some of them would go away and then some would be really brave and you just see them like scurry across the floor. Yeah. And that took a lot of getting used to Yeah. because I think, and our, our landlord would, um, put out traps in the basement and, and do what they needed to. And even our 
our neighbors on the first floor, they had it even worse, so they would hire exterminators and all of that, but I just don't think there's any way to get rid of them, especially in a brownstone like that. And so we would put out some traps, and our kids actually got really used to it, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they would come in the mornings and be like, oh, the little guy, he's he's on the trap. Dad, you need to take him out to the park. And they would look at him and probably get a little too close. Not touch, but they would... I don't know. It's like they were their friends. Yes, and I, it it was one of the. I so I'm from. We're from Texas, and so I've seen mice before. I've seen rats before. Uh, we'd actually lived in a 200 year old house earlier in our marriage where we had giant rats. Rats. Uh, oh. So it wasn't our first time to live uh, with rodents. Uh, it was interesting though how how uh, normal it became after a little while. Where it was, it was, it would freak us out or freak me out, and then. And it wasn't that big of a deal of just like, oh, it's just a little mouse. And But yeah. these mice were about the size of cockroaches. These are tiny small. little mice. And so it was, it was, so I'd never seen mice that little. I didn't even know they were that little, uh, but these are tiny little mice that yeah. were running around. And we would keep all of our food and everything put away. So they weren't getting into anything. Yeah. Um, they were just kind of maybe like one at a time running on the floor. Yeah. But it's not like they were getting into our things we were afraid of getting sick from yeah. them or anything. And there weren't a ton of them. You know, it was as if we'd get rid of them for a couple of weeks and then one would just show back up and we could hear it because they would squeak a little bit or they'd scratch on the floor. Uh, so that that was, yeah, for me, that was probably the worst. <laughs> what was, um, you said two things. Okay, so the second thing was, um, you mentioned we lived on the top floor and those stairs probably had not been repaired or replaced right. yes. in the hundred years. So those stairs, the stairway was really narrow and, um, I think just after being out all day with a five-year-old and a a two-year-old and having a stroller and all that, like just sometimes getting up to that top floor after a long day out was really hard and your legs would start to burn. And I remember Shelby, our youngest, sometimes would sit on the second floor and be like, I can't do it. I can't come up. We're like, you have to, you just got to go a little bit further. Um, and then like when people would come to visit and they had their bags, their suitcases, they would just look at us at the bottom floor and be like, really? I've got to carry my, my yes. suitcase up this. And I was actually a few times afraid that the stairs were going to break when you have yeah. these heavy suitcases extra and extra weight that um, trying to get all the way up to the top was hard sometimes. Yeah, so they, they would creak, mm-hmm. uh, and and they were already leaning. It, it's it's one of those things that it's it's uh, if the city were to inspect it, I feel confident that it, it wouldn't pass, or, I don't, you know, who uh, knows? You might be like, <laughs> it was dramatic. It was, it was pretty bad. Um <laughs> But it it also I mean I, I think too as I think about those stairs we were on the su- the subway you had to go up a lot of stairs where we were because it was pretty pretty deep in the subway there mm-hmm. uh, to get to the top of the subway yeah we were in Brooklyn so there's no elevators no escalators all that <laughs> yes, fancy stuff like that we have here uh, and then and then even just the the we were only one block from the subway but it it was uphill. To our apartment, and then you're going up four flights of stairs. So I think I counted. I told somebody it's a hundred and twenty something steps from the bottom of the subway platform up to our apartment, and they were like, "That's no big deal." I'm like, "No, not not steps, like stairs." So every time yeah. you had to go from one end to the other, it was it was a lot of stairs. Yes, and so that was that was still early when we moved there, where Katie would sometimes have the stroller when she was out, or we would have the stroller. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that that was definitely a hurdle. For me, the other downfall was how thin the walls were. 
mm-hmm. because I worked from home, uh, I would try to get some stuff done. So now in Manhattan, we're in a in a building where basically the walls are made of concrete, and so. I can't, when I'm in my office, I can't hear outside of my office in the house. Uh, We rarely hear the neighbors. So it was an advantage of being on the top floor, but we were always nervous too because we knew our neighbors could hear every single step below us. And they were our friends, you know, and we we respected them and didn't want to be up. And so we'd feel bad even when we were moving. Um, I think I said, no running, no running, quiet feet, quiet feet, probably a million times during the two years we lived there. So you you hate to have to, you know, and we were used to in Texas, we had our own house, you know, and a big house that kids could yell, they could scream, they could do whatever. We had a trampoline in it. We had a trampoline in our (laughs) living room. Uh, I forgot about that. And then we go to this tiny apartment that literally couldn't have fit in our living room uh, in Texas. And so it, uh, it it was definitely a shock there. So th- that was the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I think that's as bad as it got. It really, yeah. the bad was not that bad. No. Um, and it was actually part of the adventure in some ways. But let's talk about the good. What For you, what was the best part of living in the Brownstone? The best part was probably the other families. Yeah. Um, we were so worried moving from Texas to New York that um, we were going to be isolated or the kids weren't going to have places to play. Um, but what we would do on the weekends is the other two families and, and ourselves, we would open up the doors and just let the kids run up and down the stairs and play at all three apartments. Um, and it really, we didn't know who else lived there when we moved into yeah. the Brownstone. Yeah. So um, I feel like it was it was amazing that there were other families because if there were single people or um, people with no kids, they may not have been as understanding. But just getting to open up the doors and let the kids run and play, I mean, that was just as good as a a backyard to us because getting that interaction with other kids and, I don't know, just the other families was a lot of fun. And the boy on the first floor ended up being in Emery's class, kindergarten class. So then, I mean, that just worked out perfectly. Yeah, it was, you know, they, they, in many ways, it became one big family Mm -hmm. and that uh, we would, we'd get together, you know, and we would, uh, the parents would hang out and the kids would run around and they'd go up in the stairwell. And, um, and so that those became uh, probably our closest friends uh, there in our first couple of years there of the, the time we'd spend and we'd, we'd go do, go to the park together and we'd go do activities together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really did life uh, together with those three families and or those two other families that were so different, you know. So one mm-hmm. being from France, barely even spoke English. Yeah, um, they were learning a lot of English from us. Yeah, and le- we were learning French from them as much as we could. And we had so much fun with them. The other family being from Boston, um, and the husband was from Vermont, and uh, it, it was just fascinating. Just different cultures and uh, getting to know them and interacting with them. So yeah, I it agree. was fun. We did a Super Bowl party one time, yep. and we each brought um, things from our from our homes, and so yeah. they brought we brought chili from texas and yeah. um the our friends from france hadn't ever watched the super bowl before yeah. and yeah it was really cool yeah but i remember we did new year's eve together and mm-hmm. uh yeah. just so many just fun activities together uh with with those families and for me I, I would say the best part was the stoop you know i i if i look back uh just the the afternoons um you know after work of just sitting out on the stoop and the kids just playing along the sidewalk or playing with the chalk or playing with the neighbors. Um, it was such a communal uh, environment, mm-hmm. just uh, being able to hang out right there on the stoop and the the kids playing there and other kids playing together. And 
the the neighbors that would walk by, and so I think the perception of unfriendly New York is quickly squashed if you ever just hang out at on a stoop in Brooklyn. Uh, the friendliness, the interactions that you experience there on that stoop, and um, and just the fun we had uh, as a family on that stoop. So that was a good time. Yeah, definitely. And it was just, I know I've said this before, but it was just the perfect buffer between where we were in Texas and getting to New York City. Um, because Brooklyn really is quaint and it's quieter. We go back now and we're like, it's so quiet here. Yes. It's amazing. But it was a really great starter area for us. Yeah. And we were, we were I think, three, four subway stops away from lower Manhattan. And so I would get, I'd take two trains to lower Manhattan to the Fulton station. And it would take me about 12 minutes uh, to get there. It was uh, it was not like we were way out no. uh, from Manhattan. Uh, we, we were in a great location there, and it was uh, it was really fun. So that was that was our experience in the brownstone. Any other thoughts you'd share from living in a brownstone? I don't think so. I think we covered just about everything. Yeah. So we I would say we strongly recommend living in a brownstone. I don't mm-hmm. think I would do it again. I'm glad we had two years <laughs> yeah. in a brownstone. Uh, I. We love living in a building now with yeah. the doorman and uh, yeah, we'll some talk the about that. Some so of the we'll, perks we'll talk about that, that later. Uh, but for where we were of having a big house in Texas and and having a car, you know, and uh, being able to have a car there and be able to street yeah. park. Yeah, so that's the other uh, thing we were was, able to have an a, advantage. We were able to have a car and park it on the street in Brooklyn because it's not as crowded as Manhattan. Yeah. Um, so that was good too that we could have that car and get away on weekends if we really wanted to. Yeah, so that's our life in a brownstone. Uh, that was our life for two years in a brownstone uh, there in Park Slope in Brooklyn. Thanks so much uh, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We will continue uh, in, in each week uh, releasing a new episode, sharing our story of coming to New York, and, and we would love uh, for you to, uh, to come to New York as well. And so we want to encourage you. Uh, to go to our website, comingtonewyorkcity.com. Check out all the things that we have to offer, our blogs. Um, Katie created a great course that's available there. There's a free download uh, and listen to other episodes there. So go to comingtonewyorkcity.com and check that out uh, and check out all of our podcast episodes there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.